when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. I'm Sari Delamont, your host. And um, today we're talking about the problem with thought work. So before we get started, let's first define what I mean by thought work. So thought work is the practice of examining your thoughts, deciding if that's something that you want to think, and then if not, choosing to think something else. And if you've been a fan of my podcast and been watching and listening or have read my book or so on and so forth, you know that I talk about uh, thought work quite a bit because I really believe that it can make a difference in your life. We don't have to believe every bullshit thought that our brain throws up for us to consider. And the problem is that most of us have never even stopped to examine the thoughts that our brain are throwing up. I don't mean throwing up like vomiting, but like kind of presenting to us. But sometimes it's like vomiting. And we just accept everything that's flowing in our head as, as gospel truth when nothing could be further from the truth. And, but, however, there's a downside of thought work, or there can be unless we are careful. And here's what it is. If you are attempting to use thought work, as a lot of people do, maybe without even noticing, as a way to avoid whatever you're feeling, that's when this thing goes off the rails. That's when we have a, a bit of a problem. So for example, you've heard me use The Model by Brooke Castillo. She's the CEO and life coach extraordinaire. She makes like $25 million a year as a life coach of the Life Coach School. And I, I like, I love Brooke. I've mentioned her in my in my podcast. Um, I do have uh, some beefs with her and, and, and don't agree with everything um, that she does. However, she's got The Model. And, and I'll talk a little bit about what I mean in just a minute. It's called the CTFAR model. So you've heard me talk about it before, but those of you who have not, I will I will quickly run you through it here. Here's what the model is. So it's C stands for circumstance. T stands for thought. F stands for feeling. A stands for action. And R stands for result. So C, circumstance, is whatever circumstance you're dealing with. And circumstances must be a fact. So it can't be something that has any kind of judgment atta attached to it. So um, you can put in there, my boss said something uh, mean to me, and that would not be a fact, right? Because you're making a judgment about what your judge or what your uh, boss said and that it was mean. You could put in there instead, my boss said, quote, and then actually what your boss said. So that is just a fact. It's a neutral fact. It's not until we add the T line or the thought line or the judgment about it that starts to 
create the model. So the T-line thought is what you choose to think about your circumstance. So for example, you may choose to think, my boss is an asshole and doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Okay. You may choose to think, oh my gosh, I'm a terrible employee. My boss is right. Your, the point is, it's your choice. Now, depending on what you put in the T line, and let me go back when I say it's your choice. When we talk about the model, Brooke and others who use it talk about an unintentional model and an intentional model. So the unintentional model is the thought that gets thrown up by your brain that you tend to attach to that then creates the rest of the model. So for example, if your boss did say something that upset you, the thought would probably be, you know, I'm a terrible employee. And before you could even think, before you could even think about choosing it, right? And then when you do attach to that, then that produces the F line. And that's why we call it the unintentional model, because it's not anything that you're in conscious choice about or or being purposeful about. It's just your brain throws up the thought, you attach to it, and boom, we start down the model. Now, if you have that thought, it produces a feeling, right? So that feeling could be despair, it could be depression, it could be a variety of things. And that causes you to take certain actions or to not take certain actions. So maybe you were going to do something um, and take some big risks at trial, but because you lost at trial or a juror had some particular feedback for you, you decided to not do it, right? Because you went down the T line, well, you know, maybe I'm being too risky. And then that created a, a feeling of fear. And then that creates an action or an inaction in this case to, well, I'm not going to try that new technique I just learned, which then gets you a certain result. Now, here's the thing about the model. Your result always proves your thought line true, meaning you can look at any result you have in your life and trace it back to the thought that you had. And this is the part of thought work that I think is really important because I really believe in this. And what you focus on, you create. You know, I talk about this in my book is that if you believe that the jurors are your enemy, they will act like the enemy. If you think your kid is a total waste of space and 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 you berate them all the time, your kid is going to grow up to act exactly as you expected. This is just the rule of expectations being played out in our life. Whatever you focus on, you create. That I believe totally. But here is the problem with thought work. This is what I'm talking about in today's episode, is that people have taken either what Brooke has said or what I have been teaching, because I see this all the time, and that's why I really wanted to do this episode, And they have used this as an excuse to never have to feel bad. So let me, let me unpack that a little bit. So what they do is they have a bad feeling, for example, and they think, oh my gosh, okay, I'm having this bad feeling. It must be something I'm thinking. So if I just change my thought, then this will fix everything. In other words, when they're feeling bad, they start to use that as a, they start to use thought work as a way to avoid feeling whatever they're feeling. And this is a huge mistake. This is what I really want you guys to get is that our feelings, our emotions are what allow us to really be in our lives. 
You've heard me say this before, and you know I love y'all like you were all my own children. My, you know, I really feel protective of you. And you've heard me say this before, that so many of you live in your heads. Most attorneys believe their bodies are just a way to carry their heads around. And that their heads and their thoughts is all that matter. In other words, you you believe that everything can be fixed, handled, managed in your head, and nothing could be further from the truth. Because we have so much wisdom in our bodies. We have so much wisdom. When I, you've heard me say before that instincts lie in the body. I mean... Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Many people want to come to a training of mine, for example, particularly those of you who are high cognitive, high in your head, i.e. trial attorneys or attorneys of any stripe, and they want to just sit there and take notes about what I'm talking about. And so when I get them to stand up and to do the things that I'm asking them to do, to try on the nonverbal communication tweaks and and techniques and different things, you hear a lot of grumbling and a lot of, do we really have to do this and role play and so on and so forth. But if you sit and think back about this, you cannot learn about nonverbal communication without actually doing it. Hello, body language, body, we have to use our body. I mean, just today I got an email from someone who said, oh my gosh, I heard you speak and I loved it. I mean, it was a little weird to stand up and do the things you asked us to do, but I loved it. I mean, this is the response, is it not? We want to just stay in our heads. We just want to think about it, think away our problems, think think about our, our stuff, think about the jurors, think about our our, our opening statements. I, I guarantee you right now, 99% of you, when you create your opening statements, do it behind a laptop at a desk. You type it out. This is a problem. I mean, I used to do this with clients. We would actually type the, the, the opening statements out word for word. I rarely, if ever, do that anymore. Why? We come up with the best stuff when I just say, let's just start from the beginning. What do we want to, what's the first thing we want to say? What's your opening rule here? And yes, we've done some strategy and yes, we've talked through concepts and yes, we've decided what it is we're going to teach on, but we don't exactly know how it's going to get shaped until the attorney is standing there and I'm standing with them and we're kind of working through our body and figuring it out and, and kind of literally feeling our way through it. We will come up with the best stuff. Why? Because our body is full of wisdom. Not only that, this gives us the opportunity to be in the space of presentation and engagement with jurors that standing or sitting behind your desk, typing out your opening word for word does not and will never give you. So this is what I'm talking about. And here's the other problem is that thought work in itself is a great tool for you to reprogram your brain. However, Most of y'all are using it as an attempt to control. We don't ever want to feel our messy emotions. We don't ever want to be with things that make us feel bad. So thought work has now replaced other things, perhaps, that you've been doing, like buffering, drinking too much, or eating too much, as a way to ensure you never have to be uncomfortable. You can thought work your way out of that. And what I'm suggesting is that is not what thought work is for. Here's the thing. 
Why do we avoid our feelings? Well, because it makes us have to be with something. It makes us uncomfortable. Nobody likes being uncomfortable. But I'm telling you, there is so much life to be lived when you experience it 100%. When you don't try to thought work away every negative thought or feeling or or experience. You know, I just had um, what I call a process session with a client who was carrying a loss that had happened six months ago. And by loss, I mean a, a, a trial loss. And, and the person shared with me that they just couldn't let it go. It's just, it was just, it was this heavy thing. Now, it would have been very easy for anyone talking to this client um, or this person to say, to talk it through. And we could have even gotten a thought work. We could have said, all right, well, what's the thought that, that you're thinking about this? And is that true? And okay, let's replace it with this other thought. But that's not what would serve the client. Why? Because he had never really allowed himself to feel the loss, to grieve the loss. And the minute that he did, because I took him through and we just sat with it and there were some coaching things that I did and bring him into the experience and we were just with it. We just felt the loss. I was, I was right there with him. Even though we were on the phone, I was just emotionally connected to him and we just sat with it and allowed it to shift. It did. And you know, he, he messaged me the next day and he said, I feel like a weight has been lifted. Why? Because he was able to be and feel the loss. And once he did that, it no longer is being carried with him. This is the problem with thought work is that we are using it in many cases to avoid feeling uncomfortable things. And that is really not the point of thought work. Here's one thing I want you to be thinking about. So when we're talking about thought work, here is a great way to use it. Thought work can be used to manage your mind, but it should not be used to avoid your feelings. So let's talk about the difference. So for example, uh, let's take a trial loss. So if we put, I lost at trial in the C line of the model, right? That is a neutral fact. We are not attaching any judgment to it. We're just saying what happened. If your T line is, I'm so disappointed. That is something that we don't need to to change. Because absolutely you would be disappointed. And that is an absolutely okay feeling to be with and experience and see what wisdom is there for you. Even if there's no wisdom, just being with disappointment as a normal human reaction and emotion is something that is worthy of spending time with. That is a great place for you not to have to manage your mind because there's nothing wrong with what you're thinking in that point. And and be with it. Now, if in our C line, we continue to keep I lost at trial. And the T line, your thought is, I'm a terrible attorney. Well, now we have something that we can use thought work on. 
And here, here is how you know the difference, by the way, of whether or not your thought line is quote unquote right or wrong. By the way, there is no right or wrong thoughts. There are no good or bad thoughts. Here is the question you can ask yourself at any time. And here it is. Does this thought serve me? When you think, I'm so disappointed, that serves you because it's authentic and it's real and it's true. And you bet jurors have disappointments in their lives. It helps you connect to the human experience. And being with that thought instead of managing it away will serve you. But I'm a terrible trial attorney. I can think of nothing that that serves. I mean, someone might say, well, that will motivate me to get better. Bullshit. It's like telling fat people that they're fat will motivate them. No, it just has them eat more. It doesn't work to berate yourself. You know this. So that's the question. When we're thinking about thought work, whether we need to manage our our mind or whether we're avoiding our feelings is whatever's in your T-line, does it serve you? That's really the question that we need to ask. And if it doesn't, then thought work is exactly what needs to happen. That's exactly what we could use because we can choose a different thought. We can choose, you know what? I'm actually just really disappointed. Or your thought could be, there's so much for me to learn here. Whatever it is, you can change your thought and manage your mind. But if your T line or your F line is something that, serves you to be with, then I suggest you do that. The question then is, how do I be with something that's uncomfortable? We'll go back and and look at the episode on how to be with pain. Uh, the, the answer really is just to welcome it and honor it. You know, I was working with that, that one client when we were processing through his loss, and I said, this loss deserves to be honored. It deserves to be marked to have spent that much time and energy on this case, on this trial, on this client, and to just bury this loss as if, you know, all right, move on, is to dishonor it. I mean, we lost, yes, but let's not make it worse by not honoring the moment and the emotion and the disappointment because that has the power to shift everything. Because here's the thing, as you continue to avoid your emotions, whatever way you do that, right? You, we tend to look at thought work as the, as the right way to, to, to do it. And that's why I don't want y'all sneaky snakes to be like, oh, great. Now I can use thought work to not feel things. When you avoid feelings, they stick with you, don't they? They absolutely do. Listen, thoughts are limited. We cannot figure out everything in our head. If you've ever coached with me, you know I'm having you stand up, lay down, move around. Why? Because there's so much wisdom in the body. This is why we do nonverbal communication work, because we know content is limited. Your words have the smallest impact on the jurors. This is research-based. Your words matter, yes, but not as much as how they're delivered. You must be up in front of the jury using your body, communicating with confidence, uh, moving like a leader, sounding like a leader. All of those things are, are, are very, very important, and all of those things are communicated through the body. And when you are disconnected from the body, when you think the only thing that matters is your brain and your thoughts and what you're thinking, this is where we have a problem. So all this to say, yes, thought work is really important work. 
because going in and observing what you're thinking and being purposeful and choosing your thoughts is a huge skill and has helped thousands of attorneys because I've heard from you. And I do not want to see you using thought work as a way to avoid what you're feeling because our feelings are also valid and must be honored. And I I decided to do this podcast during this time of the COVID-19 crisis because so many people are trying to avoid what they're feeling because what we're feeling is, is shit. We feel guilty because we feel bad because, oh, so many other people have it better, which, by the way, doesn't serve anyone, right? The more we allow ourselves to feel whatever we're feeling, the quicker we can shift it. And there's learning there. It's not even just about shifting it. So what I'm suggesting is, yes, if you get stuck in a pattern and you, you're you constantly angry. In fact, I saw someone um, post to a Facebook post the other day, I'm so angry. And, and how do I stop being angry? And my answer was, don't. Be angry. Once you give space for anger, it will shift. So in this time of crisis, The answer isn't to just thought work your way out of it and be positive and shiny face. It's to feel whatever you're feeling for Christ's sake. And then be purposeful with your thoughts and choose where you want to go. It's a constant cycle. Honor your feelings, but also choose your thoughts. Honor your feelings and choose your thoughts. It's a delicate balance, but it's something that I think is really worthy of doing. Because not everything can be managed just in your head. And that's what I think is the big problem with thought work. Well, I hope this has made sense. It made sense in my head, but I don't know if it made sense for you. But please be an honor, whatever you're feeling right now during this crisis, and don't judge it. And if you feel yourself descending into madness, that's a great time for thought work to check and see if the thoughts that you are feeling are serving you. If they're not, that's a great place for thought work. All right, my friends, thanks again for all of the reviews um, that we're getting on iTunes and on trial guides. They are increasing every time I I, uh, do a podcast. So thanks for that. Please continue to do that. We really want to get those reviews up um, just because of a personal goal of mine. And I, I happily thank you for helping me with that. If you haven't joined our Facebook community yet from Hostage to Hero, I invite you to do so that that group is hopping. People are posting videos and getting feedback. I'm doing a lot of free coaching right now to support this community. This is your chance. Dudes and dudettes, I charge a lot of money for this and I'm giving it away for free. So get there in the in the um, group and join us and know that I love you and I'm here to support you. Okay, bye. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sari Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sari's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today. And until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.